Business on Heron's Home Podcast. I am your host, Karee Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? Black time, and we're back for another <laughs> one. Episode 67. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. Yo, you know what? I want to start out this show by giving a shout out to uh, somebody on social media that I saw recently that that really helped. It really uh, she started a conversation I thought was super important. That's Tokyo Vanity. Now she's a songwriter. She does she writes I think mainly rap songs for women, but she I think I'm pretty sure she could write anything. But um, she's a heavy set woman, but she called out niggas on social media hard like yo yeah, same niggas who won't fuck me and that won't you know what I mean won't let me perform my songs are the same niggas out here trying to talk to me in the studio and I was like damn but I thought that was a great point to make yeah. like if you don't fit into that Nicki Minaj mold of because honestly I really do want to say like. I'm sure she had inspirations and she had other uh, people who inspired her. But Nicki Minaj created a mold in which every female urban artist tries to fit into. And I say urban because these aren't hip hop women like Rhapsody is a hip hop woman. Um, MC Light is a hip hop woman. Those aren't the women who are feeding into this 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 visual aesthetic that's being promoted. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's it's. It's mainly, you know, the Megs and the Cardi B's and the Nicki Minaj's and, and and a lot of the higher end women. And so I really appreciated that she called niggas out like, yo, y'all fuck with me. You fuck with what I say. You fuck with my product. But just because I don't look a certain way, y'all not going to y'all not going to fuck, uh, fuck with me publicly. That's kind of messed up. And so I really appreciated that. I like that vibe. I like what she was bringing. But yeah, that actually is going to lead into a topic we're going to talk about later. But yeah, shout out to Tokyo Vanity. Do your thing, girl. Trust me. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's real niggas out there. Stop <laughs> fucking with the Tory Lanez of the world. And women, That's black funny. women, stop fucking with the Tory Lanez of the world. And the whole vistas of, 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 your, of your opportunities can open up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah. It's one to give her the old shout out. So yes, yeah, uh, you been been watching anything recently? Yeah, I caught a couple of things. I um, I put a couple of things into the bag too. So yeah, we got a good watching section. Yeah, I um, I actually caught both Project Power and um, Old Guard. I wanted to finish those. Okay, too. I finished Old Guard, so. which I have to walk back. Listen. I just I bowed out a little bit too early. <laughs> like literally, I, I started That's back from where I was, and yeah. immediately I got to the point where it would enthrall me. So it was exactly what we said. There's going to be a point, and the whole movie's going to turn. It's going to become interesting. That yeah. did happen for me. Um, but I haven't finished Project Power yet, so oh, we'll have to hold that, that one lit. for next time. It was lit. Project Power is so lit. I fucked with, fuck fuck with the main character though, yeah. the, the, the young girl. Yeah. Yo. Shout out to Dominique Fishback. Her character is really dope. But, you know, I, I watched it for a Robin, I believe, is her Robin, name. Robin, yes. Her character's name. I watched a significant amount of it, and I still haven't seen how she ties into, like, Jamie Foxx. I actually, I'm kind of okay on Jamie Foxx's character. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I have a positive overall feeling of Project Power, so I'm a little bit remiss to to downplay any of the characters. But Jamie, characters, Jamie Foxx's character was not my favorite. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we just got to talk about when you finish it because that it, it's really dope. It, okay, it's, I gotta finish it. I, I, I like I, where it goes. That's what's important. Um, uh, uh, Old Guard was was pretty interesting. Um, I liked it overall. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There were some parts Same. where it was a little bit slow that I didn't like, but 
Um, I do appreciate that they didn't do that shit that I hated. Um, Spoiler alert, there's no answers. <laughs> which if is fine. Are, if you're watching this for anything other than the action, you will not yeah, be satisfied. It's just fine. You, know, you don't really need to know how or why they're immortal. It's not really here or I, there. I, the only reason why I cared about why is because there was too many allusions to the fact that she was like an angel of good. And I didn't want that to be it. Yeah, I don't think that's I wasn't it. It definitely because, doesn't seem like anything. Like, well, that's why uh, they made it seem. They made it seem like you. Okay, so the premise is the old guard is comprised of four immortals who have agreed to continue on this path to follow this one immortal, uh, Adramak the Scythian. And she has been leading this group of immortals to just influence world events throughout history um now in retrospect one of the people who were hunting them had been creating dickhead what was his name again it was i don't remember what chiritel edgefor's character chiritel edgefor um nigga i cannot say i don't know understand i don't know what (laughs) impedes me like i'm an intelligent person he is a it's a it's a name with letters i can't say that it's because there's a w in the middle of his letter in the middle of his name (laughs) (laughs) well you know he's african it's how they do things so i love his he's a great actor oh he's an um, amazing copley i think that was his character's name copley Yes. Copley or Copley, something Copley, like that. Copley, yeah. That actor, I'm just as an aside, that actor, in 12 years a slave, made me question myself in my understanding of the world. That's how good of an actor Damn, he is. For real? Like, oh, my god. I goodness. haven't seen that movie just because I don't really like watching slave movies. I don't movies. like watching slave, but that's, sort of, that's what it is, is that I don't like watching slave movies. I knew it was going to be hard to watch. Mm-hmm. But his portrayal of a man who went... I've always said that slavery movies are like horror movies to me. Mm -hmm, It's literally like... That is my biggest fear is to go through all of life, achieve a certain level of intellect and to have that stripped from you and then be forced into uh, a servitude. That's just a horror movie. But he's such a good actor. Yeah, he's amazing. Fucking ripped, ripped it up in that role. But anyway... Once again, plays an amazing role, mm-hmm. but um, he's putting together the past events in retrospect that a drama is is going through and is realizing like, holy shit, she is actually causing all of the good things in the world to happen. Like she's saving people who have key roles in the benefit of humanity type of shit yeah so that's why i say in the end it kind of felt since it was left so open-ended it felt like they were pushing the idea that she that their immortality is tied to some kind of divine cause I don't like that shit. Fuck that shit. Do the right thing. It's the right thing to do. I don't know. I didn't get that personally. I didn't didn't get get that. that. No, I didn't get that portrayal at all. I didn't really feel like there were anything. um, There was really anything too biblical about it. But uh, um, the what I uh, what I didn't like was uh, a what's her name. Uh, it's, it's, it's black, what's the black lady's name? I don't remember. Oh, the main the, the main Nile. 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 That's yes. her name. Yeah. Yeah. I well, she was really well acted. Holy I, shit! I, I fucked that young not. woman did a great job. And then and then the way it was written, the direction. It was funny because we were talking about direction earlier, and th- this is literal. This is a prime example of what I was saying to you earlier. Like 
you can't judge on direction or on directing too early in a piece. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes direction is trying to lead you somewhere. Absolutely. And so, like, this was one of them that I judged the direction too early. <laughs> I sat, I, I, I put it in the wayside only to find out that the direction was fucking immaculate. Yeah, it was pretty nice. But Niall was an amazing character, for sure. Yeah, I liked how... Um I liked how quickly she adjusted. I like they didn't they didn't drag that out. You know what I'm saying? Because usually when a lot of characters go through something this jarring, they sort of like take a little while to adapt to mm -hmm. the new situation. I like that in both. Um, how mm -hmm. far did you get in Project Power? Uh, oh, but you already met Jamie Foxx's character. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's been so, trooping, trooping, trooping. Um, then you've already gotten <laughs> to the point like that I was going to talk murdered about. Murdered the connect already? <laughs> Yo, Project Power is really good. We could talk about the first half. Have, um, first has, half he met, has he met, um, and he's met uh, uh, Robin where you are, right? Justin Pat, he ju that's where I am. Okay. He just met Robin. Okay, okay. They sat down in a diner, and that's it. Oh, so have they sat down in a... He's in the diner, and then... She walks in to come looking for Newt, and then he dips out at that point. So that sounds about where yes, you are. Yes, because he was okay. scoping her at the diner. Right. Yes, okay. he because he had Newt's phone. All right, we're ruining the whole plot. But <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. All right, for sure. But um, uh, uh, so I won't be able to bring I'm a up that bit point after that, actually. But yeah, but um, I do right. like how quickly Niall adjusted to her situation. Right, like in well, the beginning, she kind of absolutely. like um, naturally. She kind of hemmed and hawed, which is understandable. Yeah, no, she stepped back, as you naturally should. Yes, when absolutely. some niggas say wild shit, you to know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But I do like that she she kind of she got on the boat quick. You know, she was like, "Oh, okay, shit well, is different. I gotta." She, I, I like that when she got on the boat, it was strictly in an understanding sense. It wasn't in like absolutely. I'm not, I'm not part I of wasn't. Your team. Yeah. <laughs> I just understand what's happening. I'm you just trying I mean? to save the captain. Yeah, I'm like, not signing up. And 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 even more so, she even acknowledged. Like you know what? Yeah. Not for nothing. I do fuck with a drama. I, how, how do you pronounce? Just that? call her Andy. Andy. Um, she fucked with a uh, with Andy. Mm -hmm. She was she she genuinely. That still doesn't mean I'm gonna follow you into yeah. your fucking genocide. No, I'm with, with her. Like. Like Absolutely. that point when she they Absolutely. got to the uh, the spot like, where they were about to parents. take down Copley, and then she was just like, "Hey, um, I'm I don't even know who this dude is. I'm not about to walk in there with this machine. Gotta start shooting people." And you then I also fuck with Andy for being like, "All right, for sure, you're right." One hundred percent. Andy was a G, <laughs> yes. but you know what I think it is? I think Andy kind of realized, "Holy shit." I kind of pigeonholed her yeah, knowing she I'm came being, from the military, yep. thinking that she was going to get down mm -hmm. with this military shit. I'm being ridiculous. And I was being ridiculous. Yep. And she was like, you know what? Andy realized Thank that you for sure. reminding me that <laughs> outside of being immortal, we're still people. It's like, yeah. You, and you, so you're right, sure. if you want to leave, I respect. Yeah, the movie was really Yeah, well I do like that as far as the writing part. goes. Like, they were really, really good about, like. Oh fuck that! For immortals, the writing, they it's made really the good decisions. Yeah, absolutely, the action was amazing. It was really good. So, yo, I love that fucking uh, shout out to fucking Charlize Theron and Andy with the mm -hmm, axe, my mm -hmm. When she, oh, there was a point where she was so like um, in the gunfight toward the end of the movie, where she just picks whenever up a fire axe. Up, whenever she gets fed up, she's just gonna she's like up fuck this shit. Yeah, she starts slicing people. Chopping. I was like, yo, I'm with it. I'm with that. <laughs> but but it was also extremely indicative of the fact that we're still talking about somebody who's a bronze age yeah, human. Absolutely. She's like, she reminds might be me a lot of right now. She might get everything, 
but she's still a bronze age yeah. human. When I like that one point it, that Booker chop your ass up. <laughs> that one point Booker made, he was like, "Yeah, Andy has forgotten more ways to kill people than most mm-hmm. armies will ever learn." Well, armies will ever learn. <laughs> Absolutely. So they like, I, I really that was a really good movie. Yeah, fuck. The only thing I didn't like, speaking of Booker, was his stupid. I didn't like Booker's stupid ass reasons for betraying everyone, which I'm not going to reveal, just in case anyone wants to watch it. All right, I'll wait one because we're going to talk about this again because. <laughs> but and honestly, I, also, I I actually really related to. I didn't relate to it. I understood. I do as well. That. I just I was like, yo, my nigga, then fucking sacrifice yourself. Don't fucking betray your entire fucking that team for your thing. selfish ass decision. You piece that of was shit. The point. If you think that if you think that everything that Andy's doing is wrong, then my nigga, you got the power. Feel me? By all means, volunteer to be the lab rat, my nigga. If you Don't want them to fight out of the way so bad. Don't fucking to the CEO Jack Hat who thinks that he needs all oh, five of you for some you reason me? to do this. He's an idiot, by the way. <laughs> this Jack Hat, and I'm going to ruin this part because this was the stupidest shit that I've ever fucking seen. When this nigga picked up the axe. <laughs> yeah. To, was he like, was all right, all right. This nigga's full <laughs> stupid. <laughs> He's full yeah, of I love stupid. how they, they had a couple shots of him just awkwardly holding oh, it they, like he didn't know what to do. And he does it. Like, he was like standing behind his goons and he was just like, uh, two hand, one hand, how does this go? Nigga, no, skills, that's how it goes. You don't <laughs> have skills and don't worry about this axe. And I also didn't fuck with Copley's reason for betraying um, the team despite I was his, upset um, with Copley because he, after having studied Andy. Thank you. And knowing that she's doing good, he still decided that he needed to take her to do more good. What the fuck? She's doing the good she's here to do. That's what I said. I was just like, yo, my nigga. She's not meant to heal the world. She's meant to passively guide it. You feel me? Like, after, I like how they reveal that, like, oh, I betrayed you. Oh, by the way, I also know that you've been helping people for millennia. Uh, That didn't fly with me at all. That didn't fly with me at all. That's when I was like, all right, cut the sneaker's head off. Yeah, you feel me? That's that's what I was like, yo, this thing is a dickhead. But yeah, other than that, the movie was lit. I fucked with it. The movie was so good. I fucked with it. Like, solid, like, seven and a half, eight out of ten. I fucked with it. And and I give it an eight, and that's a very high score yeah. for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was... I enjoyed it. The act... Yeah, really good. Acting, mm-hmm. action, plot. All on point. Take the time to watch that And they shit, did a pretty sure. good job of, like, keeping it nice and kite, concise. There's not too much yeah, fat. it didn't seem like a lot of fat. There's not, not at so all. much fat. You know Even when it was slow, it didn't feel superfluous. Yeah. And I like how they injected, like, a certain level of comedy. It wasn't like... Um, yes. Because there's certain things that are funny yeah. about trying to kill an immortal. Like when they <laughs> failed okay. that one time and he was like, I highly recommend that we leave immediately. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good suggestion, but I good. Dude, not for nothing. The, the And spoiler alert, two of the immortals are are in love with each other and it's two men and not for nothing their relationship like watching them give soliloquies when <laughs> they're killing the people who are hurting their lover was amazing yeah i like, do oh, fuck nigga, with that you have no idea how bad i'm gonna kill you oh let me just go ahead and regale you with why i'm going to kill you in the most entertaining fashion possible you feel me? this man that you're fucking up right here, <laughs> that right there that's my nigga you feel me and when i say that's my nigga i mean that's my nigga if, yeah and you fucked with him and so now i have no choice but uh, to hurt you <laughs> i love their the, the level of confidence right they had when they were getting um experimented on they had all the confidence in the world yeah. so th- there was no fucking like fear no apprehension I'm not ruin no that part because that was a really like motivating part of the movie yeah learning like what's going on 
<laughs> with their own immortality. Yeah. Super, super important. But yeah, like knowing that and then watching their torture sessions yeah, yeah. was very, very illustrative. It's like I I think they did a super good job of the characterization of immortals, not only as Absolutely. like immortals but as people as well. As they people. did a super good job of like you hit that on the of, nose of right like there. balancing those two because it was so easy immortals to go either people. way with either one. You know what I'm saying? They could have been super corny because they've been alive for so long, or they could have been super well, like is, one dimensional. I think that's kind of the cornerstone of of the good idea of this movie is that. What makes humans humans is not the ability to die. Facts. That's a fear. That's a fear-generated motivation. It is a commonality among all of us, but it's not what defines the majority of us that are great. Mm -hmm. And I consider myself great, and I've never defined myself fucking by my ability to die. Come on. And so I think that that was probably one of the most... Uh, I think impactful parts of, of the way that they portrayed the immortals was that they weren't, they were at the same time defined and not defined by their immortality. Yes. Their personalities, Absolutely. their personas, their impact were completely individual. But the movie centered around them. Because they were immortal. So at the same... You know what I mean? You know what? It was crazy. You're right. Like, based on that, I actually fuck with the character of Booker even more now. Absolutely. You feel me? Because, like I said, his decision... I'll never fuck with his decision, but I completely understand where that character is coming from. And then the ability... Damn, I don't want to ruin you. (laughs) The team dynamic after Booker's betrayal. So the only thing I'll reveal is Booker's betrayal. I like that The team dynamic after that... Crazy, yeah, I like that. Crazy, well. super well done. Super oh well done. shit, yeah! I remember they brought the crazy chick back in the end. Yeah, I don't even know where they're going with that. Oh, that, I mean, this is like not really too much of a spoiler because they barely touch on it. Just, mm-hmm. It's just a side story. But there's this one chick that used to roll with Andromeda, and that they caught them during the witch trial ages, and they were like, so "Oh." Y'all yeah. too strong together, so we gotta separate you. So they built her an Iron Maiden. But that was that's that's the setup for season two. For yeah, part two. yeah. That's what like well, like it's funny because as soon as I finished watching <clears throat> that, I was talking to you and shit, and was like, "Yo, they definitely set this up for part two. Oh, for sure. I mean, because, that's that's the new standard for sure. You know what I mean? So, you gotta keep the money rolling. Uh, Andy had a a very close. I don't know if they were flames, but they were very very close. I yeah, because they Andy definitely doesn't strike me close. as a lesbian, honestly. She didn't strike me as a lesbian, but she was very close to right. Quinn. And Quinn, unfortunately, was immortal yeah. and then sentenced to drown. Yes. And so, unfortunately, she was very young in her, her immortality. And so she's pretty much she's was not drowning scared. for a long time. Yeah, she was like, not a short drowning. And like, so nah, that character eventually resurfaces, but... It's a different situation. Bruh, she, I don't, I don't trust nothing out of that chick's mouth, bro. She's nuts. Like, there's. Do you know the amount of like mental damage that someone? Forget the torture tor- part. Uh, no, no, but torture. No, forget, don't forget that the torture. Part. That's she's important. trapped underneath the ocean, unable to That's move torture, for ages. Though. Right? Yeah. I'm, okay. Yeah, yeah. Forget the part that she's dying over and over. You know what I'm saying? The fact yeah. that that she's, she's still just dying. like she's isolated. Been she's been exactly. So she's like isolated, part. cold, and alone at the bottom of the ocean. Like. Bruh, she's nuts. I don't believe nothing. There's no way no, you can one repair options. that sort of Either mental you damage. Nuts or you become zen. 
True. Either you zen that shit out and you're just like, no, I've transcended death altogether yeah. at this point. Or you're nuts. Nah, she's crazy. That's that's where I'm probably, leaving. That's where I I'm think leaving. that like her mind is twenty percent of the time you come out zen, eighty yeah. percent of the time you come out nuts. I imagine her mind is probably shattered to fucking bits. Yeah, that's gonna be. But that should be interesting. Line. Yeah, that oh, should be yeah. fun. I, I want to see how that 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 resolves. Old guard is definitely getting the follow up watch if they yeah. put out a sequel. A fox to the old guard. I like yeah, it. Yeah, man, I likes it. So there was that project power. We're gonna save for next time. Yeah. You know, and I had that topic down because I really wanted to finish it. But fuck, man, this week was just I've been too. Too taken away with other shit. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. um I caught the runaways. Nice. How was that? So are you not are you unfamiliar? Vaguely, only with the concept. That's it. <clears throat> so what I'm coming to understand is that if if there's a Marvel IP mm-hmm. that you've never heard of, it's probably good. <laughs> but if you've heard of it, you would have heard whether it was good or bad. True. So you, you know what I mean? Like when it comes to Marvel IPs, you either hear good news or hear no news, which means good news. But if you hear bad news about a Marvel IP, it's bad, <laughs> bad, 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 bad. Facts. Because Facts. Inhumans was bad, 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 bad. Yep. It was that level of bad, like like really high level bad. You know I what I mean? It for sure. Like when and and high level bad is indicative of like chicanery. Like, <laughs> yes. like somebody was trying to rip yes. you off. High level bad is being ripped yeah. off. Like low that level means bad someone is, just is, one is bad by accident. Yeah, high level bad means someone is forcing it through. Yeah. And they're like, this is getting made. Runaways is actually fucking good. Okay. Now okay. And, and and you know how I know it's good? It has kept me intrigued through the teenage high school storyline. I don't know how many times I've talked about like the shit that we watch and shit like that, that I just, I don't like high school teenager storylines because they're mostly stupid. Yep. Like I wasn't stupid in high school. I made, I made a few stupid decisions, but overall I wasn't a stupid person in high school. And so it didn't, that, that whole storyline. Yeah. The tropes fall flat as fuck. Yeah. Stupid. But this storyline was presented extremely well and when i say extremely well i mean it was presented so well that despite my bias against it i had to sit down and watch it because everything else outside of my bias Mm -hmm. objective performances storyline direction production was all great okay does this um is uh kitty pride uh uh, or kitty pride does um cloak and dagger fucking uh uh weave into the show at all i haven't watched the whole season i've only seen two-thirds of the season so i believe that they wrap into the end of the season okay only because i haven't seen it and i'm i'm assuming that you're looking at something that has represent has kind of led you that way because there's no reason like there's nothing that's indicative of the show that would say cloak and dagger is is part of it. So right, I'm right. Sure you're seeing something that has to do with that, but um, the show itself is really good, and and I, I really appreciated how they approached the Runaways, because when I heard the Runaways, I thought your typical mutant storyline, mute your your mutation expresses itself at at. Adolescence, an inopportune moment. Yeah, the worst <laughs> time. You flee your your current circumstances 
to go look for a safe place to, to learn about your mutant power. I assume that was the storyline of the Runaways. That is not the storyline of the Runaways at all, whatsoever. Um, just imagine rich California teens, children of parents who are part of a secret organization, find out that they also have powers. Sounds kind of dope. It's very fucking dope, nigga. Like, that shit surprised the shit out of me. Because they don't overtly show any of the powers, like, in the first five episodes. It's all kind so of passive. It. Like, oh, you realize it's this one. I kind of like that, like, it's got two young Hispanic women in it. The young black dude is kind of, is cool. He's a cool dude. Like, fuck what you heard, nigga. Like, <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. Like, he's the new kind of cool black that's dude. Hilarious. Like, the whole thug persona that was, like, the cool black dude back in the day is out. Fuck that. He's a young, smart, kind of athletic, but mostly cerebral young black dude. That's the new nigga. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm just tired because, it's yo, that whole, that whole persona was not... It wasn't healthy. You know what I mean? They were pushing up young teens back in the day. You know what I mean? Even when you had the young black jock, they were perpetuating a stereotype that wasn't realistic whatsoever. Right. In in uh, the Runaways, they really do a good job. Um, <clears throat> the the main young black character that is running around, I can't remember his name at the top of my uh, top of the moment. But um, he's super, he's, he's really a relatable character. And he doesn't overreact. It's so <laughs> weird not to see a character overreact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's not, I'm not talking about like the ineffable cool where they just don't overreact because they won't overreact because they're written not to overreact. No. He seems like he has a good head on his shoulders. And so he doesn't overreact because he's genuinely a decent character. So I really appreciate that part. Um, all of the characters are relatively engaging. Like, they're, none of them seem overtly, like, not likable. Okay. Or just not even, I wouldn't even say not likable, not followable. Like, <laughs> I don't have to like you to follow you. You know what I mean? Like, I could get that you live... Or you present your your character character in X Y Z way, but it's gotta still catch the viewer. Right, definitely. They do a great job of presenting their characters without pushing the viewer away. That's how I, at least, that's how I feel about uh, the Runaways. But I want to wait on that one before we talk too deeply about it until I finish it. So okay. just in case that cloak and dagger reference actually makes a point on the um no i think i might series. be seeing it i think it oh wait no because cloak and dagger is cool i fucking love cloak and dagger first of all it was one of the first interracial relationships put in the comic books outside of storm and logan right uh storm yeah. and logan wolverine and storm and uh storm in their and past storylines have oh, had i uh, guess the storm in general <laughs> Well, Storm did oh, did, did end up with Black Panther, right? So, but there was still like she four ain't just white niggas, right? Yo, okay, so you name one out of one. <laughs> she didn't see fucking one black dude. Like it wasn't just white dudes. Listen, I'm fighting for the, I'm fighting for uh, the fucking persona that's hilarious. right now. But no, um, um, yeah, Cloak and Dagger is, is a really interesting comic book storyline, and so 
Yeah, I I'm just asked because in, it had said like related shows, and I'd seen like I think the first six episodes of their TV show, but I wasn't. I don't. I don't remember. I, I'm pretty sure I didn't feel one way or the other about it. I just sort of ran out of episodes heard, at the time. Well, I heard about Cloak and Dagger being insinuated into the MCU, and I was very hopeful. And so, I now that you mentioned that, I really hope that that is tied into the series because I have I have positive feelings towards whether whether they will be able to present it in a positive way or not and so it's super touchy i i'm i'm glad that today we're seeing more gay transgender uh uh just different heroes and people presented because mm-hmm. honestly representation i can't tell you how hard it has been growing up without an adequate representation of gay and transgender people in my childhood. Like, I can't healthily, like, engage with those communities in entertainment because of my childhood. Not, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't say I can't healthily engage. I, I definitely can locate that most of my engagement has been stereotypical because of my upbringing and so i love that tv shows are taking that to heart and really trying to present an authentic experience when it comes to the gay and transgender experience because without that we just don't live in diverse enough communities mm-hmm. there's too much yeah. isolation from demographics for us to healthily create understandings of alter- of alternative lifestyles. And that's why I'm really glad that they're portraying it so well in these shows because that is a healthy environment in which we can positively uh, engage with it so that when we do engage with it in real life, it's not jarring because that's what I think creates a lot of the, the negative perspectives of those lifestyles and i i I don't know do is that a lifestyle that's just that that is something that people choose to do or don't choose to do but it's not something that i want to objectify it's not something that i want to be separate of or 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 look at it in a weird light and so i'm super glad that they're giving us really clear cogent representations of that in our in our entertainment in terms of, as I said, gay, transgender, even interracial relationships. Interrelationship. Being somebody who's in an interracial relationship, I can tell you, is extremely uncomfortable. It's extremely uncomfortable. When you have to explain to your significant other why you feel the way you feel about everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything. Like, it's serious. Like, it's, it's, it's a real thing. You know what I mean? Like. Most other demographic, and this is why the black experience is so unique, because most other demographics don't look critically at what's going on because they they haven't had the history of negative experiences with America that black people have had. Mm-hmm. So when you say they don't have a vested so, interest, so I, I find myself explaining to my significant other. Why you can't trust politicians. 
And you're laughing because it seems very obvious why you can't trust politicians and why when they make moves, they are in need of extreme scrutiny. You get it. It's the air you breathe. It's not the air that everyone breathes. And so that's one of those things that I really do appreciate coming from those. But I'm, we're going to talk about that next. I'm going to finish that show. We're going to talk about Project Power next. But yeah, <laughs> Old Guard was my shit. Yeah, Highly recommend fun. that. Check that movie out. That was well worth the watch. It was super and fun. I believe there's a sequel coming out. So if you liked it, you ain't short for content. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did well enough that Netflix will not back down from a sequel to that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's, let's hit some entertainment politics. It's mostly politics and social topics today, but yeah, let's hit a little bit on the entertainment. What's been going on? Um, yo, I'm personally very excited about the announcement of a Kid Cudi and a Travis Scott project. Nice. And I hope it's not just a song collaboration. I hope it's a whole project because I fuck with Kid Cudi hard. And Travis Scott is definitely... A student of the school of music that I think is going to be hugely yeah. influential in the future. Travis Scott is working with fucking um, Christopher Nolan right now for the soundtrack of Tenet. You know what I'm saying? Oh my god, really? Doing, yeah. Oh man, Tenet is definitely on he's the, doing on the big list. things right now. Travis Yo, Scott out here. First of all, Scott Muscuti has done so so much, just so much outside of music. He is a fucking amazing artist. Yes. Like let's go ahead and give him some flowers right now. <laughs> Scott Muscuti has done all of the fuck it. He's done TV. He's done cinema. He's done music. He's done scores. I mean, outside of visual I mean, he's done visual art. I mean, there's not much else you can ask for him. Right, from right. Money is pretty transcendent. Absolutely. And I really hope, and, and, and I want to give him his flowers here now today, because I'm telling you, he, he is old flowers, nigga. Kid Cudi is old flowers. Now, mind <laughs> you, I am a child of Man on the Moon 1. He put out Man, of the Moon, Man on the Moon 1 at the same time that I was going through all of my angsty phase. And so... His music has has touched me since then. Of course, when you make an emotional connection to something at a very pivotal time in your life, you're you're gonna be positively disposed to it into the future. So I'm not at all um, fair in my oh, judgment okay, yeah. of, of <laughs> unbiased. Kid I'm not unbiased whatsoever. <laughs> I love Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi was the voice of my emotions when I didn't have a platform to articulate them myself. So I'm always going to be positively disposed to Kid Cudi. But I believe that other people in this in, uh, in in our society, in our culture, need to give him his flowers because I don't think they're fully aware of how much he has cultivated the sound that they live in. I don't think there is emo rap without cutting. <laughs> I don't think there's a little Uzi Vert. I don't think there's a PNB Rock. I don't think there's a YBN nothing without Kid Cutting. So I'm here to give him his flowers today because I don't because I don't think enough black people give him his flowers. White people give that nigga tons of flowers, and that's why he doesn't complain. Because he's like, yo, I got all the flowers from the people who pay for my music. Family. Even though the people who I want to listen to my music are my my peers, black 
young poor people. But it is what it is. You know what I mean? And so I want to give him his flowers from a demographic that he he might originally have been writing his music for. Because I don't think that our community gives him the credit he deserves. You know what I mean? Just like they don't give Psy High to Prince his, his flowers, which we're going to talk about that later. Just like Kanye has worked his way out of his flowers. Because these are men who, who, who pivotally uh, cultivated the sound that we all enjoy today. But culture has said otherwise, has, has deemed to, re, to relegate them to a different part of society. You know what I mean? Kanye has been promoted to a certain area. But when you look at Psy High, when you look at, when, when you look at all of these artists who are producing behind Tokyo Vanity, going back to what I was talking about with her earlier, our, our culture does not properly give credit to the people who are fundamental, who are foundational to, to the entertainment that we, that we enjoy. But yeah, that, that's a little aside. Um, what else been going on? Kid Cudi and Travis Scott. <clears throat> Yo, what's up with Cardi B? We really got to sit down and, and, and really rock with what's going on with Cardi B. Do we not do we not acknowledge that she has had the most substantive conversation with all of the potential Democratic uh, presidential nominees? She has had a more substantial conversation with them than the entire mainstream media put together. Like, you know, take... MSNBC, CNN, CBS, NBC, ABC. Put them together. Take all of their political pundits. Take all of their 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 their, their uh, presidential coverage, and put that next to Cardi B talking to Bernie Sanders in the past. Now, uh, 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 Joe Biden in the present. She has had a more substantive conversation than all of those mainstream media outlets with these men. And that is a problem. It's good for her. And it's not a problem on her part. It's great for her brand. I'm glad she's filling a role. But as a society and as a culture, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. No, Cardi B has asked Joe Biden more substantive questions than the entire mainstream media. We got to acknowledge that while that is good that we're getting some information from them, it is bad that Cardi B is the one to to do it. Not that that her being in a, a former stripper is a problem, not that her being a rapper is a problem. Not that her being somebody who, 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 who focuses mostly on their appearances is a problem. It's the fact that we have a whole class of educated political elites that are ignoring the conversation. We need the Ebony K. Phillips. Ebony K. Williams, I'm sorry. 
Ebony K. Williams of the world, the Angela Rise of the world. We need, we need the powerful political women in our world to step the fuck up. Because while they're having our conversation with Charlemagne the God, Joe Biden spoke to Cardi B. When he wasn't speaking to nobody, when he was hiding in his closet, he came out of his closet for Cardi B. That's a problem. Like, as a community, we got to realize that that's not healthy. Because Cardi B, as amazing as she might be, is not fit to ask the substantive questions that need to be asked of a Joe Biden. And if she is, she is yet to reveal it to the world. Because the questions that, she asks are per- that she's asking is, are pertinent, but they're not, they're not the relevant questions to, to his administration. The relevant questions to his, administ- to his administration are how do you plan to overcome identity politics? How do you plan to reverse the harm of Donald Trump? Not how do you get him out of power? We know how to get him out of power. All of the mechanisms are there. We understand how to utilize the mechanisms of politics to get him out of power. What do you as a president plan to do to fix the issues that he has caused? I don't see that question. That's not what Cardi B is asking. She's asking how you how are we going to deal with the pandemic, which is relevant. How are we going to deal? But all of these things are only relevant in in their semantic representation. If you want to deal with the pandemic, there's a lot of things that have nothing to do with disease that you have to fix before it is relevant to 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 fix the response of the pandemic. There are fundamental flaws in our in our medical system, in our justice system, in our in our education system that need to be fixed before handling this pandemic is even a a, a worthy goal. We're never going to handle the pandemic if we never if we don't handle our our medical system. Or the fact that our educational system is incapable of, 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 of dealing with the fact that children are the silent carriers at times. We don't see that being represented when Cardi B addresses Joe Biden. And so that's the problem. It's not that Cardi B herself is a problem. No. Her as a human being is not the problem at all. It's the fact that she is not representing to the deep and nuanced conversation that needs to be had about all of these things that, that are going on. And that's the conversation that's going to convince people to, to vote for Joe Biden. That's the conversation that's going to really like educate people as to who they're, who they're working with. And, and, and then that is what it is. You know what I mean? And so, when I point out Cardi B as being the most vocal person in in in, in hip hop, urban, cult, uh, culture politics, 
it's not that she herself is the problem. It's the fact that she herself is not representing the nuance to the argument that needs to be brought to the table to really get substantive change that she recognizes needs to be had. But yeah, that was something I saw pop up. What else been going on in politics? Um, we'll do some politics thing because I got a whole slew of social social uh, topics to hit on. But um, you know Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh is proving not to be the worst judicial seat in the world. He's been really progressive. He's been upholding the the Obama era uh, legislation that was passed. When they're challenging it, he's upholding it. When it comes to maintaining transgender rights, he's upholding it. So all of that shit that people were talking about, crying and crying and crying about Brett Kavanaugh, Trump is stealing all the Supreme Court seats. You know, you got shithead Clyburn talking about the most important thing is a is is a, is a is a Supreme Court seat. Nah. I feel like the structure of the Supreme Court, as it stands now, is set up to make them nonpartisan, and it's being relatively successful, because all the shit that Trump's trying to get pushed to the Supreme Court ain't happening. It ain't happening. So, no, we don't need, we needed a real progressive VP, because Remember, I was talking about how Clyburn was like, yo, we don't need to. And this, this is why I didn't believe we were going to get a, a black VP. Because all of the, 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 the black uh, pundits and, 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 people, and people at the upper echelons of our politics were saying, mm, we want a Supreme Court seat. We don't want a VP seat. And that's, that's not it. That's not it at all. You want the most visual seat <clears throat> because what we most of the change that's coming right now is not coming through the politics. It's coming through the, 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 the boots on the ground. And so you want someone who's going to represent the ideology of the boots on the ground. If you want progress, that's what you're looking for. You're not looking for somebody who's going to sit in the Supreme well, because the Supreme Court is already inclined to to rule on the side of of either progressive ideas or upholding the rights of citizens and because they already have that bent there we don't need more black women on the supreme court we need more black women in places of 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 non-centralized power that's what we need and so Kamala Harris is a trash pick for VP because she's not a progressive black woman. Once again, same reason why I didn't fuck with Hillary. She's not a progressive woman candidate. I don't give a fuck about the first female president. I want the first president that's not going to fucking label black men as super predators. That's what I was looking for. And so I didn't fuck with her. And I don't fuck with Kamala Harris for the same reason. She's a top cop. In a time of the need for unprecedented police reform, we don't need a top cop. But it, it was just indicative of of how corrupt and 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 eaten out the system is from the core. But um, yeah, moving on from that, 
the we have this virtual DNC convention going on right now. It, it, it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> it's a bunch of bullshit. Um, the, the the scariest part is is that they are openly courting Republicans. They the Republican speakers had more time to speak than the progressive Democratic speakers. They gave AOC a minute and a half, and they gave John Kasich five minutes. That's indicative all throughout the fucking uh, DNC convention. They are courting, and, and this is what I mean when I was talking in the past about these conventions going digital being a bad thing for the public because it is untethering the DNC from one of the last vestiges of of their responsibility to the public. And it's clear. You look at Rahm Emanuel. He's over here talking about, like, fuck the working class Democrat. We want the working class Republican. We want to convert the working class Republican to a Democrat. This is what the upper echelons of the Democratic Party are saying. They don't. They don't care about anyone who lives maybe below the poverty line. They only want middle class Republicans because they know that if you live below the poverty line, you can't vote for Trump because he's going to fuck you over. (coughs) You can vote for Trump if you want, but you will end up in a worse position for sure. And so they're not even pandering to them. They're not catering to them. They're not caring for them. They're going straight to the middle class Republican. And that's some bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, if the middle class Republican supported Democratic ideologies, they wouldn't have voted for Trump in the first place. Period. So it's a fool's errand. It's it's sad. And it's indicative of the fact that they want to move towards the the middle, towards the right, because that's where the money is. They're only doing it because they're making a vast amount of more money fucking with middle class Republicans than they are with Democrats. Democrats, not only are we increasingly being marginalized, but we just will not give our money to people who don't represent us anymore. And so it's becoming... A foregone conclusion. They keep going in for, for, for Republican votes at the sacrifice of Democratic votes, and the party is moving ideologically away from the things that we need to court the general public. You know what I mean? Like, the Democratic Party, as a party of, quote-unquote, supposedly for the people, is moving further and further away from what it takes to be part of the, you know, a, a party of the people. And that and that that sucks because now America's definitely moving into a fascist state. They're cleanly moving into a fascist state. If Donald Trump gets another four years, you can pretty like let's stop playing. You know what I mean? Like come November time, if, if or whatever. I, I'm assuming that by December we'll know the results of the election. If by come December Donald Trump is reelected. I think we could start saying that America is not a democracy anymore. It's a fascist state. And it will continue as a fascist state until such time as they choose to institute democracy and listen to the 
to the vast majority of people. Like, I, but then again, the, the, America has never been a, a, a democracy, quote unquote. It's always been a representative republic. It's a representative republic. You, you democratically vote on your representatives, but your representatives are not beholden whatsoever to do anything that you say. And so when you have a, a representative democracy in a republic, that's what it becomes, a representative republic. You know what I mean? That is, this is what it is. We've, we've, we've come to, we've, we've lived in this world long enough to know that that's just the end all conclusion to the, the idea of representative democracy it just becomes re- representative republic and there's no democracy but yeah what's, what else has been going on um yeah trump did float the idea of of hitting a third term when he was talking in wisconsin because uh since obama spied on him you know for his first term or or prior to his first term, he should clearly get another term. That's, That's what I mean. Like, we're not dealing with a reasonable person. And when you're dealing with unreasonable people, you should not provide them with reasonable uh uh with reasonable ends to 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 interact with you. You know what I mean? Because you're only handcuffing yourself. They, you think Donald Trump gives a shit about how bad he looks when he fucking goes against the things he says? No, he doesn't. He doesn't feel bad at all because he knows there's no repercussions for for not representing, you know, the original ideology that got him into pop uh, into power. Yeah, I'm and pretty so, sure he doesn't keep track of it anyway. Yeah, no, I don't think he could. That would require a significant significant amount of mental power that I don't believe he has. But yeah. What else been going on? Yo, you think this thing is going to get a third term? It's possible. Um, I mean, If he gets well, a I second mean, term, I he believe gets, he'd get right. a third. Thank you. That's where I was going to go with it. If he gets the second term, shit. I'm pretty sure he's going to get a third term. Mm-hmm. This country Bro. is that. Bro that week to do so we we've barely <laughs> we're barely uh uh the full four years into his uh, uh serving so we're not barely but we're only four years into his service term and he's already done this much damage fuck again i don't think i don't do not expect America this nigga no more after this can we to uh, uh i mean, I mean, I mean honestly, <laughs> like america you call itself whatever the fuck it wants pretty much but it's always been honestly, as 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 grown men, do you think that we could call? Like, can you talk to other grown men and be like, "Yo, America, X Y Z democracy"? No, nah, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, Donald <laughs> Trump is literally attacking the one service that is democratically that is a democratic enabler. He's attacking that one service, which is the postal service. So, uh, can we really say that America is a democracy if it won't defend its one democratic institution? Feel me. They've been on the um. I don't know, man. Most it seems like a lot of the uh, politicians have been moving away from the idea of democracy anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think I I I think that if there's anything that Corona has been taking us farther and farther away from that concept. But yeah, 
Um, all right, let's get into some some social topics. Actually, I want to hit on that that Tokyo vanity topic because um, I think that that's super super actually important. Tokyo Vanity being a songwriter who's calling out the industry for their um what do you call that the when you discriminate based on an image oh, it's prejudice it's prejudice yeah I'd just say it's, it's just people being two faced though absolutely I mean absolutely there's no doubt about that there's a huge amount of two facedness going on in that in that situation but I, I, I really want to uh, kind of encapsulate the idea that y'all niggas are, are, are willing to find beautiful and strong the same traits that you are unwilling to call beautiful. And that's what I find mainly the problem. Because she's, you know... Honestly, the only thing that you, the only idea that you can levy against her is that she is a heavy set woman. She keeps herself up clean. She's got skills and talents. She, you know what I mean? She's got a good job. Like, how, how is Tokyo Vanity the not, not the, the, the upper level, upper echelon of rungs on the ladder when it comes to black women? That's fucking unfair as fuck, dude. That's just crazy that just because she she doesn't adhere to the general idea of what a, a, a desirable female body looks like, she's not considered uh, marketable. Nah, B, that's some bullshit white people Western ideology that I don't subscribe to whatsoever. That's just upsetting to me, especially knowing that she's written for some of the biggest names out there. She's written raps for shit. Cardi's. She's written raps for, for Nikki's. And yet, yeah, you could probably find her in the credits, but you don't find nobody putting her name out there full blast like she deserves. I think there's a problem with our industry. Main, and, 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 and not only in that, it, it, it causes... Uh, a pigeon it, it, it creates a pigeonhole for women who want to get into the industry but for the men who consume the products of that industry they're ignorant to to the the beauty and the what can be uh, fulfilling about a woman who just doesn't look like you know the big three the Cardis the Nickies and the Megs you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that it's hugely detrimental to the culture at large. And, and, and more so, it's detrimental to the image of women that's projected to white or, or see, detrimental to the image of black women that is presented to white and Hispanic women because this is how they, they consume those images. If they don't have uh, enough uh, interaction with, with women of, of, of that demographic, this could be the only way in which they really interface with them. And, in, and, and by not expressing or, or putting forth women like Tokyo Vanity, you do a huge disfavor to the people who are listening to those to, to, to the music, consuming the videos, and, and giving credence to the culture. You're doing them a disservice by not adequately representing the people who are creating the culture. 
you know, and, and it creates a whole system of representation for for a subsection of women that might not feel like they're represented in 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 pop culture. And that's unfair. That's very unfair. And and I don't think and I think that we're 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 finally getting to a, a place in society where it's unnecessary. That's why I that's why no matter what Lizzo does, I generally support her overall because she's bringing an image into to the pop culture that is necessary. It's beneficial. It's inclusive. You know what I mean? Like she's doing a good thing I think overall by by being a talented popular black woman who's not just overdone with makeup and 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 clothing, you know what I mean? But that is what it is. That's a that's something that I think that the 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 industry is going to have a long time getting over is perpetuating those negative images of black women into the public. But yeah, what else been going on? Uh, let's hit some politics. Um So actually no, we're done with politics. Fuck that shit. Um <laughs> we got social topics to talk about. Houston has elected 19 black women judges. Hey, go Houston. Nigga. Immediately criminal reform happens. <laughs> immediately. Go Houston. That's Go lit. Houston. Not to say that Texas hasn't immediately taken action. And is primarying the fuck out of out of all of those judges. They That's are trying their best. Well, first, you know it's crazy. This, right. this is how they do it. So, nineteen black women were elected by public opinion into the judgeships. Following that, massive criminal uh, criminal uh, justice reform changes come into play. Massively benefiting. The poor and 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 uh, un- disproportionately unrepresented people. So what happened? Immediately, the the Texas uh, legislature attempts to change the process of electing judges. <laughs> so this will never happen again. That's well, I, I shouldn't say it'll never happen again, but it's they're trying their best. To make sure that this is the last time that you ever see a supermajority of black women in any any kind of, of position of power. And, and that's sad because there is literally nothing negative they can say about these women's performance. And it's like, wow, you're attacking these women's performance off of solely the fact that black people benefited. That's, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. And, and and if you're in Houston, you're in Texas, you're in any of the surrounding areas, and you can and you can make a, a a difference on that. Please take your time out. It's a worthy cause. It's it's definitely something worth worth uh, getting into. What else? Uh, damn, dude. So I noticed something that was happening in international pol- uh, politics, and I think it's going to have some ramifications on us. And that is New Zealand is starting to use their military to enforce pandemic uh, relief policies. And so they're using their military to to deal with public gatherings, 
deal with issues of of people not obeying quarantine and i find that to be hugely problematic if you are doing a poor job in educating people to how they should be behaving in this pandemic i believe the last thing you should do is call the military in to 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 subsidize that 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 control or authority that you're trying to impose it's not going to end well. New Zealand's and, and doing pretty well, though, right? What's that? New Zealand's doing pretty well, though, right? I thought they only had nine cases. They're doing very well in terms of the spread, but that's because of the 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 personal responsibility of the vast majority of people. Um, whatever is causing this little, and I, I don't even know if you can call nine people an outbreak. That's what I'm saying. It's like, why are you calling in the military to enforce quarantine measures? when there's nine people in your whole country that have COVID-19. That's what I'm saying. Like, they were doing well. There's no reasons, just because there's a minor blip in the in the progress, to now call in the military. You know what I mean? Like, that seems like a bit of an overreach, you know? You're doing really well without calling them in. Something happens, and now immediately what the first thing you want to do is call in the military. I feel like they're doing that because if you don't know, New Zealand is a vassal state of America. When it comes to to international politics, they solely vote on the on the lines of America. And so I feel like this is them saying, hey, look, we'll do it so that you can do it. We'll we'll call in the military so that when when you choose to do so, because you want to suppress your election, you could say, well, no, it's pandemic relief. That's what New Zealand did, and look how good they're doing. Look, they only have nine cases, and they have their military. I feel like they don't need that excuse because when they needed a photo op, they whipped out the military real quick and made that happen. So that's why I feel like America wouldn't really need that excuse. they're realizing that their legitimacy is waning. I think that the Trump administration knows very well, especially with the fact that they arrested Bannon, which is another topic that we'll get to next. Like they're arresting people. There, they, you know what I mean. When I say they, uh, there are political institutions that are bipartisan that are finding fault in how the Trump campaign went about their their camp their election campaign. Something we all knew. Something we were all firmly aware of. But now that the people who actually are empowered to do something about it are starting to point it out, means that moving forward, they have to find some way to legitimize themselves. And this is how they're going to legitimize themselves, is by using their international partners. Just like how when Trump didn't want to wear a mask, he said, look at Sweden. The guy in Sweden says you don't got to wear a mask. To what avail? Who cares what the guy in Sweden says? You can do whatever you want, Trump. Your people follow you no matter what. Well, it's because he knows that he's not just governing the people who follow him. He needs to create avenues of legitimacy that include authorities that are outside of his purview. And that's why having New Zealand do something like that is is and and that's what's crazy is like people are following Trump's authoritarianism 
I don't think that people realize that he's engineering this authoritarianism. Or I'm if he's not directly pretty sure they it. realize it. <laughs> Someone's someone is engineering this authoritarianism. It's not just American people being willing to succumb to authoritarianism. No. American people aren't willing. It's happening regardless though. And so that's why I think that yeah, New Zealand's move does play into his thinking because all he needs is plausible deniability. It's all he's going for. As a businessman, how you keep yourself out of out of out of lawsuits, plausible deniability. The idea that mm, you're accusing me of something, but you're accusing me of something that I couldn't have done because I didn't know that it was going on. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you not only did he know it was going on, but he actively pursued avenues to make sure that it would happen in that way. But all he needs is plausible deniability to walk away from it as a president. And that's the problem. That's the, the, the issue. You're right. He has impunity. He does whatever the fuck he wants. But when it comes to whether he'll be able to live his life outside of the presidency, he got to have some kind of plausible deniability. Same thing as Bush. Bush used Colin Powell for his plausible deniability for having invaded Iraq. When we now know there was nothing in Iraq that validated any kind of uh, 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 of invasion. But he needed plausible deniability. That's all the Republicans use us for. When I say us, I mean liberal, progressive, uh, genuinely good-hearted, positive-seeking people. They just use us as plausible deniability. You know, and so I feel like a lot of it is the rope-a-dope. Live, it's the rope of dope. But yeah, man. Uh, oh, dude. Fucking. I'm so happy and so sad for the people of Flint all at the same time. The people of Flint, after X amount of years of having been neglected, shout out to, to Otto Schwake. <laughs> Shout out to my man because yeah. he was involved with the study of Legionnaires' disease in Flint, Michigan. I don't know if you know that. I do. I remember. Yeah. Um, gosh, man, it's, it's just a little side story. Otto was working on that very issue and trying to present it in a way that would that would be palatable for people to in the in the you know city councils and the legislature all of the politicians for people who are not scientists to to consume and he's preparing his report and of course he touched on one of our mutual friends Jeff to 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 produce a visual for it you know what i mean now Jeff if you don't know is not only a master but a professional at producing visuals for idiots facts um, and the rigmarole that they put him through to produce that visual said everything I need to know about the fucking ridiculousness of the politicians in Flint. <laughs> the fact that they were, the fact that they took something that was ready made for them and took over a week to produce in terms of just going back and forth digitally to produce, to get the image to produce in print. Just, just shows how fucking retarded the politicians were in that whole situation. But, um, yeah, 
And and that's the, why I hope the money actually goes to where it's supposed to go. I mean, it's a victory so, that has been awarded, but until it's exactly. actually in people's hands, I'm not going to be celebrating. So there is a guarantee that some of it will make it into people's hands. Well, there is a guarantee for that. for that in the legislation. Um, this is the this is the guff though. The guarantee isn't in an amount. <laughs> so it's like, yo, Rico, I guarantee my nigga, I'm about to give you some bro. money. Yeah, and then no, I, I don't trust them. Geez. They, yeah, it's they will give you like a dollar and twenty five cents. No. Well, and 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 I and not for nothing, I've experienced that. Like mm-hmm. I've been in, a, uh, I have been a participant in a few class action lawsuits in which there was a a public practice that pretty much was usurious exploitative and the government found it so much so that it had to be shut down i think that i have received a total of like three dollars and change from multiple settlements of these Big cases bucks so it's like you're absolutely right three of them. skeptical but i do believe that this is a positive step oh for sure it's a positive step. Without a and doubt. And it's sad because I, I was watching an interview with one of the scientists who were um, involved with actually breaking the whole thing. And they were of the heart that, oh, my God, the fact that they've gotten this far means that we won. That it's over. We're good. <laughs> Flint's will be fine. They're going to fix the water. They took responsibility. They're going to fix the people. They're going to make them whole. And I'm just like, wow. holy shit. I wonder where that guy lives. It, it was a woman. Ah. Uh. Um, I wonder where but that she lady lives. So wrong. I think she lives right outside of Michigan. That's awkward. Where does that naivete come from? Because she she is she's one of the people who were diagnosing the children that found that there there is an epidemic in this one area of child uh, um, of uh, poisoning due to the presence of of the lead in the water. She was one of the founders of this issue. And for her to be so naive just like makes me really sad. Yeah, it's crazy. That's wild that she thinks that this fight is is concluded at this point. That's just the first steps. Yep. We now got to get them to give the money. Yep. That's going to be the next fight. But... People don't give up that kind of money voluntarily, oh, bro. No, <laughs> with nothing never, in exchange. Not nah, you're gonna have to keep do your due diligence to make sure everybody gets that money because they are attached to it. Yeah, man, and and the worst part is is that it's fake money. It's all fucking printed. Like that's the part that pisses me off. Is like no dollars are gonna be exchanged here. They're just gonna. Click the button on a bank account, mm-hmm. create it, distribute that fund, those funds probably significantly through direct deposit. Not all of them, because we do have a, 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 a rampant issue of underbanking in this country. My, the, the re, okay, underbanking, I'm just going to take a little asides off of this real quick. Underbanking is a problem in a society because banking... The edifice of banking, the institution of banking, the idea that we all put our money mutually into one big coffer is one of the ways in which society generates capital off of the interest of that money. And so when you have a significant portion of people who do not 
participate in the banking edifice, not only are they not reaping the benefits of the interest on that money, but they're also not contributing to, to, to society in the way that benefits from the interest gained on banking, on banking capital. And so it's problematic. But that was just an aside. You know, a, a huge portion of these people aren't going to be able to receive these funds because of 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 various uh, issues that they they run into with this, you know, in, with uh, integrating into society. Flint is not a rich neighborhood. It is a poor neighborhood. And so the idea that the people there are 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 a engaged and plugged into the the political system in such a way that they will receive some benefit from this and b that they that that they can survive you know what i mean without major intervention is crazy like you can't just throw money at certain problems you know they've been spending the they, they, i will say this they have spent the last 5 years changing all of the 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 pipes in michigan and I'm sorry. Well, no, in Flint, not Michigan. I apologize. <laughs> in Flint, Michigan, is what I meant to say. They've they've been changing the pipes, which is yes, a long term fix to the problem, but it, it it's not uh, any way to heal the wound that has been festering because of those bad pipes. But yeah, man, I, I was glad to see that there's some movement on this. You know what I mean? And Definitely. and that. There is a, a positive uh, trajectory for some of the people on this. All right, but yeah, I've been rambling on. Let me go ahead and let, let, let's wrap up with this one because I think this is going to be real prescient and I want a lot of people to pay attention to this. There is going to be a, a upcoming higher education crisis that comes to this country. Colleges make a substantial amount of money from not just tuition, but from room and board. And COVID-19 is causing a majority of these co uh, colleges to not be able to meet in person. Now, these colleges are run a lot like American businesses, which means they cannot, they cannot survive more than one week of not doing business. They've already not been doing business for more than a week. So we're going to have a situation where a, a huge amount of colleges are just going to fold. They can't pay their professors. They can't pay their faculty. They can't pay their staff. They're going to have to close. And this is going to cause a crisis in secondary education. And what it's going to do is it's going to create an opening for the uh, Phoenix universities of the world to once again step in and take advantage of, of people who are just trying to better themselves. And if we don't do something about what we view education as, we're just dooming more of our children to a fucking hellscape of ignorant people. And so... I know not everyone is autodidactic. I know not everybody is capable of, of, of pursuing their own education. But please, please, please think hard and openly about the alternatives to public education when it comes to primary and high school education and what you can do productively 
during your secondary secondary education years. Secondary education, I think, me personally, I would say the number one benefit of secondary education is connections. It puts you in close proximity to people who you will need to be able to call on in the future for collaborative efforts. And that's what college is good for. In preparation for the coming collapse of the of the college edifice as we know it, we need to start thinking deeply about how we can create these, we can create situations in which people are gaining the kind of connections and 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 ground level hands-on experience they need outside of the college experience. Because even the hands-on part doesn't really come from college. It comes from, again, the connections you make who give you opportunities to perform your craft in the field. And so we need to really cultivate an environment in which we can get that to the end or get that to the to the young person without forcing them to a go into debt a succumb or b succumb to uh, a system that will corrupt them you know without c giving away all of their equity in their in their in their skills you know a lot of people sell their equity to their skills to the job market your labor value is in fact the equity for your skills those things are syllogistic. It is the same thing. Your labor value and the value of your skills, same thing. And so we need to find a way to valorize that and disseminate that to, to our young people outside of the college edifice because that's just crumbling soon. And more and more we're seeing that the most successful people in society do not conform to the college experience. Period. So yeah, I just wanted to wrap up with that topic. There, go ahead and uh, feel free to follow us on the social medias. The product of many, many people's college endeavors. <laughs> we are on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast at Rico underscore G Sound. And I'll leave you with these words: Time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly do learn from. Thank you for watching, for listening to us, guys. Have a great one. Take it easy. Peace.